Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick. Alongside with me, as always, the wonderful, beautiful Dr. Robin Hall. Hello, hello. There's a lot of pauses in this. Dr. <laughs> Robin Hall. It's definitely developed its own cadence, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The wonderful, the beautiful, the one and only Dr. Robin Hall. <laughs> like Captain Kirk. The Dr. Oh, Robin Hall. So, okay. William Shatner is the bee's knees. Can I just, right. can I say that? Willie, Willie Shatner, man. We, we did. Young, yeah. Young Bill Shatner. Yeah. Um, so of course I'm a, I'm a Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie fan, like the original, I especially. Um, but, but also one of my favorite movies with William Shatner is Miss Congeniality. It is Miss Congeniality. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he has the best one-liners. I had the biggest crush on Sandra Bullock in that. It was Sandra yeah, Bullock? Yes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. um, Oh my gosh. Murphy Brown. Um, yeah. Is that her actual name or is that the name of the character she played? I'm not sure. Played? I didn't see, no, really see the it's, movie. It's not that. That's not her actual name. I'm sure everybody listening would be like, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. Mm. Anyway, um, once you really like it's a long-standing joke right that william shatner has this like pause cadence rhythm to his speaking mm -hmm. and it, until you notice it you don't notice it i used to get him and regis philbin uh mixed up a lot oh, yeah there's a similar lookingness yeah and they they kind of i don't know they just appeared in the same things and uh, regis and kelly i just thought it was william shatner back in the day no definitely yeah. not yeah no well he was so good looking as like Kurt, oh man, Captain Kurt. Was he? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Ask James White, he's a Trekkie too. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, so I don't, like, I'm not, I don't think that, like, any of the Trekkies would allow me to qualify myself that way, but I am a fan of the original mm. series. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and I have watched, not the most recent, but. I thought The Wrath of Khan was, a, was great. It's a great movie. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, J but, J okay, my husband is actually a fan well, he has seen the original, but he is more a fan of like the later generations. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, and I have not caught up through all of that. Enterprise was great too. So. But I did see the first couple of seasons of Picard, which is that I think it's a Paramount show maybe, or it's one of the other, like the other networks that's not like a, a huge streaming platform like Netflix or Hulu, but it's... I know we got on the Star Trek um, <laughs> Avenue, but there, totally is, unintentionally. there is an episode on Enterprise uh, with Freud. They go back in what? time and Freud appears and oh starts my gosh. psychoanalyzing okay. everybody on the show. So, so I'm going to go ahead and make a promise right now that mm -hmm. as one of our like kind of off the cuff on the couch episodes for mm -hmm. our Patreon subscribers, mm -hmm. we'll go ahead and do like oh, a, yeah, we had to get that whole episode. It's great. We'll do like a, uh, like a watch party yeah. with you guys and we'll comment. And of course, <laughs> just like every, cause they stereotype Freud. He didn't only talk about men's mothers. Okay. But they have to bring <laughs> You're it You're right. There yeah. was a lot of like doing cocaine yeah, and yeah. interspersed in yeah. that. Remember <laughs> he's, insane <laughs> guys like <laughs> well it's like robin williams character in goodwill hunting he goes next week we're going to talk about freud and why he did enough cocaine to kill a small horse yeah <laughs> multiple times multiple times yeah. um like his dr drive theory like being entirely about sex and aggression mm -hmm. starts to make a lot of sense when you recognize that he mm. was like literally highly stimulated yes uh, lots of <laughs> dopamine agonist activity happening right, there for Freud. right me and him would have partied back in the day. Um, for, for those sure. of you guys that haven't, go back into our um, episode, Treasury, and take a listen to Much Ado About Self. Ooh, I like how you said Treasury. Right. Well, and I feel like that's... I say archives, but I like Treasury. <laughs> it is a Treasury it, it now. Is a, it is a Treasury. We have a lot of, like, we have a lot of back episodes right. that you guys can go take a listen to. And that was, both Nick and I still firmly agree, that was our first episode that we recorded, and it was one of the best much we, ado like, about self. we have yeah. much to do about self and it's actually very very connected to our topic today um but before yeah, yeah. before we launch certainly yeah why don't nick do you want to take care of our yes housekeeping the drudge that is no i'm just kidding <laughs> um yeah so uh i actually dread this part less now that we've got like all of our awesome patreon folks because we love it we, we love you love it. we love you we even people patreon subscribers or not we love you all um but it has been really stinking fun mm -hmm. to be able to interact with our patrons and um you know do instagram lives when we're recording yes, or just be on patreon so and fun. um and uh yeah thank you for subscribing 
uh, please go to patreon.com slash a couch divided. You'll get our second show, which is derivative from this show, as we say. The subreddit. The subreddit, as yes. Robin says. <laughs> it's um, like the only time in my life where I get to use that it, term. It, it's, it's called On the Couch, and it's a really cool show. It's us laid back. Uh, Very, we're well, we're more, talking about anything and everything on More there. so than these episodes, if that makes Extremely edgy, in my opinion. And uh, we give each other therapy, counsel. We analyze, psychoanalyze social uh, society, social issues, yeah. movies, TV shows. We interview each other. We go to the depths. Um, my I'm the butt of a lot of jokes. You are. Yes. You set yourself up. I bet, but I pretty much set myself my up. My sweet husband yes. has also participated in a lot of those episodes, which is so much fun. And he's um, a third co-host. Yeah, I mean, no he's it, kind yeah. of become like pseudo that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we would invite all of you to do, please, is to email us yeah. your own experiences in therapy mm. as therapists, as Christian therapists, right. in and out of therapy before you knew Christ, after knowing Christ. Absolutely. We want all of the like dregs, the awful and the wonderful. Um, as Be as of, detailed as you want, if yeah. whatever information you we, want to give. Yeah. But we're going to keep you very anonymity. Like we will keep you very anonymous. Yeah, we won't use your name or, you know, describe yeah. it, but we will describe the stories. And so um, this is just all going to be part of that Patreon only show on the couch. And if you want a, a perfect example for that, the last episode that we le- uh, re- uh, released on the couch on, on, on our Patreon. Yes. Is that we were doing this. We were sharing our stories. Our own, I, what did I share? I can't even remember. You, you shared multiple ones. I okay. shared multiple ones. James shared his. Uh, uh, that's actually the beginning of the episode is James talking about his counseling um, Experience. experiences. Yeah. In the past. Um, and uh, it's intriguing. It's great. I was editing it and I was laughing too oh, as well through yay. it. Just some of the stuff that we were saying was absurd. Because we, we're comedians. <laughs> and I knew when we recorded because we were doing the live Instagram. Yes. Um, and so I had to edit a, a, a lot of things. <laughs> so editing those parts where I had to edit out, I mean, I was just cracking up and That's some I funny. had to leave in there because it, yeah, it was just too funny. It was just too funny. Yeah, we're planning to do Instagram live a lot more. Um, we get... We don't really understand all the way the algorithms work, but we get a lot more interaction with you guys through Instagram for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, w- you know, that doesn't mean that we won't do like a Facebook live at some point also. Or can we do it? Speak se- for yourself. I'm on Instagram only. So. <laughs> can we do it simultaneously? Yeah. Like, okay. So maybe that's what we'll do in the future. But yeah. this is we are still we are works in progress, both spiritually and with our podcast and now our subreddit podcast right. of on the couch. Um, so thank you for bearing with us and learning with us and growing with yeah. us. It was so much fun to do that live video and just screw up a lot, mm. right? Like, um, <laughs> and it's over, it's almost an, over an hour long right. and a lot of people watched it. It was uh, fun. It got a lot of views, a lot of likes. Cool. So we thank you. And we got to interact with some folks that are like all the way on the other side of the world, yeah. but like awake. Australia. We, it was, yeah. We were doing, yeah. uh, it we was, have a lot of Aussie fans. It shout was out. shout out. Um, to the Aussie, Aussie, Aussies. Yes. Um, we have like, it was like nine to 10, 10 30, maybe. Mm. I don't remember how late it was. It was really late when we were recording that live. Mm. So I imagine it was quite early the next day or maybe it was mid afternoon the next day in, mm. in Australia. Something like that. But I think they're like 12 hours, 10 hours but or something like that. Super cool. Like, you know, even if it's really late for us here, we know we love knowing that you guys, some of you guys are awake on the other side of the world. So, yeah, that's great. And uh, so once again, yeah, go to patreon.com slash a couch divided. That's the only place you're going to find on the couch with the exception of when we throw you guys a like live recording of us recording an on the couch episode through one of the social media sites. Yes. So um, subscribe, become a patron and you will get access to all of that content. Mm-hmm. Our plan in the new year is actually kind of insane. We have multiple tiers coming we have like you guys aren't even going to be prepared for mm-hmm. what a couch mm-hmm. divided is doing in the new year so mm-hmm. um get hopefully a book club even where we read some of the stuff that we yeah, make sure. fun of or that we you know actually draw real i'm hoping to get a video session um yeah with our stuff we yeah. want to show you guys our sweet faces mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't even get through that we lost weight we look pretty again <laughs> so our cameras <laughs> Our cameras won't break. You won't be mortified. <laughs> Should we do like a weekly weigh-in with our yeah, folks? Yeah. Okay. Would you do? W- w- you guys want to work out together? We'll <laughs> do that. We'll show you how sitting on the couch doesn't mean that you are yeah. condemned for to keeping on 
baby weight for right. me. And um, and as always, you can uh, reach us at a couch divided podcast at gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah. Uh, that's where you're going to um, send us everything there. Send us everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, all of your stories, all of, like right. whether you're they're yours or there's somebody that you know and love, like send right. us all that. And hopefully like we're going to do a, seg- a segment that's completely for Patreon only that where we really talk through your your experiences so right. we're hoping it'll be kind of cool for you to hear yourself i mean without being identified and, and your of, own stories and of course you follow us on social media couch divided yes. pod on instagram and facebook we'd love you for doing that please keep yeah. commenting and uh, we love you guys you're hilarious as well i so. posted like a serious one last night did you see that i did did yeah what did you think um I, I loved it. Yeah. So it was the, uh, the, the Olympic. suffering means something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That's a famous, I mean, uh, we know that as, um, uh, reformed Christians, um, first time I ever heard something like that though, um, was John Piper. Actually, I believe he was talking about election, oh. <laughs> but the sovereignty of God, ne- uh, nevertheless, and that your suffering is totally doing something. All things yes, work right. for the good of those who love God. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I think of the, uh, the passage, uh, that, uh, of Paul when he's, uh, I suffer all things for the sake of the elect right. that they may obtain salvation. Yeah. And so this is, you know, and something that, I'll let you know when I figured it out perfectly. I don't think so. <laughs> Not this side of eternity. But there is much responsibility in one's suffering to others that have not achieved salvation yet. Um, and your trials and tribulations, though they're conforming you to the image of Christ and doing a lot of things, one of the aspects is that they, there, others it, may it achieve is actually, salvation. It is so. actually peculiar when you watch a mm. Christian suffer well, especially mm. if you are not a Christian mm. yourself. Yeah. It looks very peculiar to suffer with yeah. hope. Why are you rejoicing right, this person in your suffering? You know, in your suffering yeah. And why are you, uh, you should be mourning, yet you're singing. Right, but what's, ha- yeah, what's happening there? So yeah. it, John Piper says it's earning like a peculiar weight of glory. Mm. Um, and I, I love that word peculiar because it really does feel that way it is Mm. that experience we serve a peculiar god yeah mysterious so um yeah it was an elizabeth elliott quote suffering is never for nothing and Mm. for those of you who don't know who elizabeth elliott was oh man do Mm. yourself a favor and Mm. check that woman out um her husband was murdered by the tribe of people that Mm. he went to save so Mm. um she is no stranger at all for suffering Mm. and uh to suffering and so yeah i was like i kind of feel like posting one that's like not funny Mm. and you guys responded super well so i think i might throw a couple of serious ones in there every so often i do gotta say this though what uh, regarding suffering somebody's grilling onions in your uh kitchen you can smell that right here and it is making me tear up no i'm just kidding oh my gosh can you (laughs) really i could feel it i don't know why okay but i think i'm sensitive you and James. Yeah, or both. both oh, so he must be. He must be. Dying. He's in hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so gonna leave this in. <laughs> I love onions. I love them. I could eat an onion raw, like an apple. So peach. I know I could that. Eat a peach for hours. That I've is, never seen face off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm peculiar in that way. Um. So my sweet husband, who has a really strong reaction to the uh whatever the hormone Acid. or chemical yeah. is that it's released when <laughs> the, you cut into, it hormone. is some kind of like like neurochemical response that happens. I call it a veggie uh, pheromone. A veggie fer. A yes. veggie pheromone. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, speaking of the love of my life. Uh, James, what are we talking about tonight, Nick? Well, I mean, we already alluded a, a little bit uh, to it, um, you know, it, even in regards of suffering, but the hot topic of self-love. Self-love. Um, we posted this on social media. We asked you if you guys wanted to hear it. And the you said res- yes. Yeah, you said yes. The response was overwhelming. And it's been something that we have wanted to kind of revisit since we did our first episode much ado about mm. self. Um, although the focus there was more like collectively on the self and identity than it was specifically mm. on this notion of self love. Yeah. It's easy yourself. to, as a Christian, especially as an Orthodox, to dismiss self love as if the Bible doesn't talk about it at all. Right. Because we know the nature, and we're going to be, be talking about this, we know the nature of the secular world. 
what they mean by self-love. And right. of course, we do disagree with it, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very um, much but so. we always want to be careful in language. Like Mormons, when we talk to Mormons, they use the terms Jesus yeah. and sacrifice and atonement. And then you find out what they actually mean right. by those things. The Jesus they're talking yeah. about is actually the brother, the yeah. created brother of Satan. Yeah, right. So Satan's brother, right? Um, and uh, uh, or uh, God the Father was once a man. You right. Know, uh, he became God. Later. He became but God through uh, through eternal progression, right? Pro- uh, submission to law, and he was once on a planet named Kolob, or circled a star named Kolob. Mm-hmm. And so, any Mormon denies that they. Don't they, know their history. They don't know their history, so, which I do actually think is probably more and more common. Yeah, yeah, especially nowadays. nowadays. Now, if you weren't privy to that information, you're like, well, they they sound just like me. They're Christians. Christianese. And so when somebody says self love, you're like, well, well, God made me. Right. I need to take care God, of myself. God loves me. Why so shouldn't I love self love? Should be. Right. All right. So. <laughs> Let's not get caught in the trap of so, word salad here. I think here. most of the time, though, like that's as much thought as it gets given. Yeah. Like we either we're uncomfortable like with that whole concept because mm. we know somehow it kind of contradicts like mm. what we understand from scripture. But we really like we also know it's really important to like ourselves. Mm. So we don't really want to go too far in that direction and, of like exploring, well, what does God really say yeah, about and, this? And let's just be honest, the English, though, um, you know, very broad is very simplistic too, as well. When we say love, sure. you know, we can mean 18 different things. Yes. It's not like Greek or Hebrew or any other language has got like different a, words, like multiple yeah. words for different kinds right. of love. Yeah. Right. Right. Which yeah. I mean, that's not, we're not talking about something that you guys aren't probably familiar with, right? Like Philadelphia and mm. agape. Yeah. And there's all, those are kind of buzzwords that are mm. used around um, making distinctions between right. different. Philadelphia is a perfect example. Delphoi meaning brothers, mm-hmm. right? Or brother or brethren, right? right? And then Philly, that phileo love, yeah. right? Familial love, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it means brotherly love. Right. You know, and, and that's and, why Philadelphia <laughs> is yes. named Philadelphia. The city of brotherly love. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So um, I, what's interesting about this episode is I like, I've been listening to a, the backlog. I've said this more than once of um, the, what have you podcast for hmm. quite some time. I've, done a like a true crime podcast fast since the beginning of the year because it was I was just not in an emotional place where it was really healthy for me to be constantly uh like chewing through deep dark evil crime Mm. so I've been fasting now like it's September I can't believe how many months it's actually ended up being your skin is brighter too as well is it is it glow yes it's glowing um (laughs) you've been watching more Andy Griffith (laughs) more Andy Griffith and less true crime girl less true crime um so I am, um, w- as Providence would have it, of the episode that I came to just a few days ago mm. was entitled Self Love. Mm. Interesting. Man, I mean, I, I, I got to branch off that. God has been preparing me for this conversation maybe the last seven years, but even more so. Yeah, in the last several <laughs> the, days. Well, uh, just I say seven years always because that's how long I've been locking with the Lord and have yeah. had to flesh out every little bit of world. But then in this last week, my encounters with people. Um, and then also my angst, you know, I, I suffer too as well. My, also my angst and, and sometimes the world seems right when they, when they say these things, sure. man, that guy's happy, you know, and I'm having to pick up my cross. What am I doing wrong? Right. Sure. Should I say you go, you go, Nick, you are a rock star. You go boy uh-huh. in the mirror. I don't know. We'll get to that later, but yeah, you know what I mean. We're going to revisit that whole. So concept, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I always think of the proverbs, and I always think of the Ecclesiastes and the Psalms. You know, to not fear when the the wicked prosper. Yes, um, they yes. wouldn't be experiencing anything if God wasn't sovereign over that. So well, and like here's <clears> the here's the the really hard ultimate truth: mm-hmm. no temporary windfall, no earthly experience of happiness will do you any good when you stand before our creator, not clothed in Christ's righteousness. So that will be literally all that you have. Mm. And that is not what you want to face the Mm. sovereign creator of the universe wearing. It is an awesome, but terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living. Right. Your own righteousness as opposed to the perfect righteousness of Mm. Christ. So, um, that was really, I think, providential. And, you know, those ladies always have some really good, like, throat-punching nuggets of wisdom. And I'll go through some of that, too. Mm. But I really do just appreciate kind of the way that 
they have trained their minds mm. to think about things like this. And I, like I strive very much to cultivate the same kind of practice and how I digest things mm. like things from the world and compare them right to what's true, like what is actually true. And we find what is actual truth in scripture, right. Mm. In the revealed living word of God. So, um, I think it's really important to start by defining what the world says when they talk about things like self-love. This is a cult. I've been kind of jokingly referring to it as the, the cult of self-love mm. all week, but it really, it is misleading. It is intoxicating. Mm. It will gaslight you into believing that you're doing the right thing. So much so that we actually get messages that are, totally anti-biblical from the pulpit. And like, I've read several examples of that in, in my research doing this. And then when we were talking about it, Nick, you have actually heard yourself been under the teaching of somebody that, yeah. you know, has qualified self-love as an let's not do Let's not go too far. He wasn't a teacher. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm you, insulting you him right now. You sat <laughs> under the teaching of somebody who is teaching you this extremely incorrect way yeah, of it, viewing self. So, you know, I, I, you see people, I mean, because he was a biblical man and I love of course. the guy. And then all of a sudden he says this and we'll get to that in right. a second. And but so I think, wow. that, I think actually what's really important to point out there is do not become so arrogant that you think that you will not fall victim to things like yeah. this. And we didn't mean to draw that comparison in Mormonism, but how wonderful is the Lord that he sets up our words that way. You know, I do I, not be so arrogant that you believe you are incapable of being taken in by yeah. some of the like cultish ideas that the world propagates. And I, this is a huge one. I think of the, the scripture that says that not all of you should become teachers because you'll be judged more harshly. Yeah. That's a new Testament promise. Yep. Way. Yep, yep, yep. For all pastors, teachers, yep. whatever. Yep. I don't care if you're lay or person or not. The same attribute applies when you open your mouth and somebody listens to you and right. you you're, you're, bring them in into that air, uh, they will obviously need to repent, but you will, I mean, you're going to be held accountable for that too right. as well. So. so like, it's actually quite a responsibility. Yeah. God doesn't charged. like enablers either. Well, and he so. doesn't want you to skew or misrepresent him. Yeah. That's actually pretty important to the Lord. And he's so just, you look at the garden, you look at Adam and Eve and Satan. Right? Yes. An all encompassing thought. Satan is the one that seduced Eve. Oh and, yeah. And both of them yep. really, yep. Uh, he could have just, you know, Got rid of Satan and said, hey, remember what I said before? Yeah. All right. But he punished all three of them. Mm -hmm. Now, what did Satan do other than just talk and they believed him? Yeah. He right. Like he, he introduced that like morsel of doubt. He caused somebody to sin. Christ hates when you cause another right. person to sin. Do any of you who cause my little children to stumble, it is better for you what to have a millstone. And the reason why we're still held accountable regardless is because God hath said right we actually do know better which is why we're we not can allowed, never blame the devil <laughs> no we're not allowed to claim that we yeah. didn't know yeah, better. the devil may tempt you and he may come hard yes but god has uh, right. god has so said, part of so. that protection of self and love of others which is another piece of what we're going to talk about mm -hmm. very quickly is being a good steward mm -hmm. right like actually taking that responsibility seriously right and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable to arrogant the arrogance that will swallow you whole and have mm. you believing some of these like tropes of the right. world and like the, the just this absolute like garbage of a doctrine so um in some of the research that i did for this i went to desiring god so mm. gotta love uh john piper's he talk about a treasury of like resources it's over 40 years of the pastorate ministry it's you know, just he's got insanely a lot of good and there's a lot of stuff that i disagree with piper it's all like non-salvation issues like it's you know it's um i'd be i'd be hard pressed to say that i 100 percent agree with anybody that i yeah heard. i think that's probably true yeah, yeah. I, I think i would be foolish if i did right then i would just be a robot but at that point. he yeah. is an ex an exceptional writer he has just this way of i think making you because he loves Christ so much and he is excellent at executing, articulating that love for God in the way he writes and speaks, mm. although he would probably claim otherwise. Mm. It is easy to fall over and over again in love with Christ, more and more so in love with Christ when you read his work. Mm. So anyway, um, the first article that I'm going to run us through is actually not by Piper. It's by um, a gentleman named James 
uh, Bevers or Beavers, mm. and I don't know who he is. He's a guest uh, contributor. Some of you guys may know who he is, um, and I like this is my first introduction to him. So I'm I'm hoping that he isn't some heretic somewhere now. <laughs> um, but anyway, what he says in this article is absolutely excellent, and I thought it was a great place to start. So. Um, and he actually opens it up. The name of the article is Do You, Do you Love Yourself Enough? And you can find it on DesiringGod.org. Mm-hmm. It's published in January of 2017. Yes, you do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, you do. So uh, he actually starts his article off by describing a situation very similar to the one that you are, that you experienced yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he quotes um, that a, a pastor who it was at a youth camp who was um, giving like a benediction or a, like a, like a punchline to mm. a sermon that was something akin to, you can only love God and your neighbor as much as you accept and love yourself. Mm. Quote. Oh my God. Sense chills up my spine. Guys, guys, how many of you have heard? I can't love you until I love myself. Mm. <clears throat> Great. Mm. I'm going to suffer until you get it right. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that, by the way. So this isn't to hurt anyone's feelings out there that may even ascribe to a mm. like very distorted and allow me to iterate this over and over again, incorrect, mm. erroneous theology mm. of the self and what self love even should look, look like for Christians. You absolutely. <laughs> The tenant to love God and neighbor is in no way based mm. on your ability to love yourself. Yeah. So get get that nonsense mm-hmm. squarely categorized as what it is, mm. which is nonsense. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna launch into that. And mm-hmm. I can already feel people being offended by that. Um this is one of the things that is touted by the world. Mm. You can't love other people until you love and accept yourself. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it, it gets so extreme to where it's like people become uh, secondary, tertiary, or flat out not at all um, to uh, in the pursuit of loving yourself because you'll never be satisfied with that love. Yeah. Right? yeah. So there's lots and lots of problems with this as a concept. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, I really, he gives some of the, like, he just articulates well, this uh, James guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he defines a couple of these concepts. So. Um, I'm quoting from the article, quote, I believe the popular teaching of self-love falls short in key ways. Mm. The promise, put simply, is that the more you look inwardly and love yourself, the more you can love others Mm. and be at peace and content, end Mm. quote. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope you guys are already starting to like hear and feel just why this is such nonsense. Okay. Um, he's, he goes on to say one self-love article, put it like this quote, we treat others in the same way we treat ourselves. And if I am uncertain about my worth, I will be uncertain about the worth of others. End quote. There's psychological disorders that we qualify (laughs) people for thinking this way. So this like, and I'm not, please don't hear me poking fun. If this is something that you have believed, the whole point of this episode is to call that out for, for what it is, which is so. It is sinful. It is sinful. And it is such a dangerous, like it is such an, uh, like an absolute death sentence to a cycle of being constantly disappointed because you will never yeah. ever be satisfied yeah. in your own self-love. You know, you use that word disappointed in there. And I just used that word recently uh, as well. I would say about a lot of my life in the pursuit of hedonism mm. for Christ left me always disappointed. Um, either in because I couldn't succeed or it ran dry. And the amount of angst that I had towards people uh, because of that disappointment, you know, um, left me uh, with anxiety and left me with, you know, almost a post-traumatic response, even after I come with Christ, start to regret how I treated people sure. and realized how I was treating people contributed to self-hatred yeah. um, and also uh, regret, you know, yeah. um, and the fact that you can't 
undo those things. Sure. Well, and like, so even if you, let's just say for argument's sake that you don't, don't harm anyone else in pursuit of your own, of loving yourself Mm. fully. Let's say that you don't do that. Mm. You still will fall short every single time because guess what? Creation is not created to do. Mm. Worship creation. We are created to worship our creator. So you will always be found wanting when you are seeking that kind of contentedness contentedness, joy, and satisfaction Mm. in self. Mm. That is not where it is to be found. It Mm. is not found there. You will always fail. Even Mm. if you get a temporal kind of buzz from whatever it is that you're doing. A keen sense of justice will fall off too as well. Let's say you did something wrong. So you positive affirmation yourself to death, right? Right. Uh, You go girl. No, you got to forgive yourself or whatever, blah, 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 blah. You you deserve this. And then how wicked are you when you dismiss something? You've done wrong. Mm-hmm. You didn't repent. No. You just ignored it and diluted it all, yourself. It with, was all done in the name of yeah. self-love, right? Mm-hmm. So I just, I shirked my responsibilities as a wife and a mother because. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I think I really, really love the way that this guy, be- Beavers, did I say Beavers? Beezers? Is it, is it, is it two E's? Beavers, it's two E's. Um, yeah. Or Bevers. Um the way that he defines self-love, okay? The way that the world uses it as a term. Mm. So self-love is an introspective prioritization of Mm. self. Introspective meaning self-focused, inward-focused, right? Aiming at a deeper love and acceptance of self. It is a meditative focus on one's own positive traits, Self-love seeks freedom from negative thoughts about oneself, whether guilt or insecurity or even awkwardness. It is seen as the key to the love of others and the love of God, because as long as there is any discontent with self, we are unable to devote ourselves to these, with these being the love of God and the love of others. That is a like, you know, what we call like a Dr. White throat punch definition for the way that that the world kind of defines and ma- and makes importance of this concept of self-love. Okay. So there's a few problems with this. We're going to start with problem number one, which he summarizes as self-love is unsatisfying. Yes. Okay. We've kind of alluded to this already. The first problem with looking inward for the love for love of self is that we're sinners. Right. When sinners look inward with clear eyes, we don't like what we see. You are not actually supposed to look at your own sin and be like, golly. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just do that. No I, problem. I, you know, it, it says uh, that the work, this is, this is in, in scripture that the, the works of the law testify to our conscience. Um, that uh, we know that it is good because we see the outcome. We also know that it is um, that we've done bad when we've transgressed. We can see the after effects yes. of loving somebody or not. That's what creates guilt. We know that the law is good. Yes. Um, because we can work it out, um, and that's what scripture and because says. Because it exposes our it exposes our sin, our need for God. Yes. Um, and if that's the case, then we also have to take the opposite side of this. We also know when we've done bad, that creates guilt, that creates shame. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep blocking that down. You know how dangerous suppressing guilt is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for so many more reasons than just one. So, so when we look inside ourselves and we see we don't like what we see, when we shouldn't, right? Because of that, when we see sin in all aspects of our lives, we should not like it. If we belong to God, we should hate what he hates and love what he loves and yeah. God hates sin, okay? We see that we're deeply flawed and self-love as a philosophy promises that if you look inward and can find a way to love what you see, so essentially love your sin, yeah, you will find peace, this is like never has a more false thing ever been mm. st- stated. You, how could you ever find peace if you were looking outside of the peacemaker for yeah. that peace? Right. Self-love is based on the idea that human beings are fundamentally good and lovable. Guys, if you haven't been listening very long. Yeah, you didn't read the third chapter of Genesis. <laughs> we are not basically good. Human beings are not basically good. Go, go do yourself a favor, read a Genesis over and over again and read Romans over and over again. This is not an unclear 
concept in scripture. We are not basically good. Uh We are basically evil and we will make self-serving and evil decisions over and over again. And it is only Christ and through Christ and his, like the giving of the law from God that even makes us aware Mm. of our sin and like shortcomings, how we fail. Jesus has no uh, problems going, you being evil can get good gifts to your children right. or you are your father. Right, right. You, you are your, uh, the father's son, the devil. Yeah. You know, if you, you being evil have no problem giving your kids good gifts. Like he, Christ himself calls this out over and over again. Yeah. This is no not an unclear concept in scripture. The yeah. world will tell you and will train you to yeah. believe that people are basically inherently good. That is not what God says yeah. about people. I am. Um, we I, are not inherently good. I think back to uh, uh, one of my undergrad uh, courses uh, and the teacher in there, she was great. She was a Christian. She had sort of a new agey kind of thing going on or maybe being filtered out. Um, but she recognized me as the Bible guy in there because every report I would have something, you know. I, mean, I love scripture. that you went to a Christian school and you were yeah. still the Bible yeah, guy. Yeah, like, there was a lot of people that actually got upset over what I'm getting ready to say because she was she was giving uh, something and she wanted to, uh, uh, instead of teaching the course, wanted to give her ideals. And she's like, I just believe that people innately are good. Oh, gosh. And she goes, Nick, what does the Bible say about that? Confident that I would say otherwise. Agree. Actually agree (laughs) with her. Oh, she was confident that you were going to. Yeah. Oh, no. Because she liked my Christianity. She thought I would agree. I knew the Bible. It must be in there. And I go, well, we've fallen from God. So actually. Actually, we're evil. Now, what she actually is noticing here, and we need to separate this. Is that I do believe that we have the want to do good. Sure. And that is the image of God bared in us. Absolutely. And so we see do we do see people rise to the occasion in morality that it is right and true that I would affirm. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, anything not done in faith is sinful. So there's always an increment in there. Right. Uh, or just a little, you know, something that testifies to the fact that you've fallen short. Right. But um, yes, uh, I think that we're all innately evil because yeah. of our sin, but I think that we all have a yearning to do good. And or, that's mo- why- or most of us do because we are like simultaneously yeah. image bearers of God. So right? I think that we see that out of people, especially when, uh, especially you know, and even like, I think we see that we can say that we like, you know, universally with the, you know, a small statistical exception yeah. of people who are saved or unsaved. Yeah, Cause the, the reality is that you can give a homeless man a meal, but you can also curse your brother on the same day. And guess what you have? Oh, and you are equally like yeah. you will be called to, called to give an account for both. Right. Like you, the one doesn't actually like somehow trump or negate the other. Now, Carl Jung <laughs> calls this the shadow. Yes. Right. And we he says, to get to know it. You can't do anything about it, really. But, um, but so I love when non believers give names to mm-hmm. spiritual things yeah. because they see it. It is observable. It mm-hmm. is actually observable. But, and they have to call it something, but they're not going to use biblical language because they're not believers. Yeah. They're not going to, well, and, and, and the shadow gives you an out mm-hmm. that you're not evil. Right. Well, that it's actually like it's yeah. like that this part of your nature is in, innate and because it is innate, you weren't responsible for Basically, it, he, which is, again, the exact opposite of what scripture tells us. It, the scripture tells us we are innately evil and right. we are still responsible for it. And basically, he would say that to use the shadow as a form of strength. So, um, you know, Jordan Peterson has described this, you know, you see Mufasa, he is the king of all land, right? Simba, right? And you see him on Pride Rock and you look at him and he's gentle and kind. But he's also got a fierce look to him mm-hmm. that when you mess with him. Yeah, on fear fear inspiring. Right? Yeah. But oh. gentle king kind yes, of thing. Yes. He is to over be feared and respected yeah. and revered. He is given into a shadow that 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 side of you that could be dark, but you could use it for good kind of thing. Now there is a veneer of truth in that. Mm. Um, I've preached outside of strip clubs before and they mock you with their bodies. Totally. I can't just be the weasel and run away and not be able to preach the gospel. I have to be able to look at that sin and see it for what it is. Right. 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 I'm not going to become it, but that's the reiteration of the love of God, not my shadow. Mm -hmm. So there you go. I go a different way with it. So. (laughs) So, um, 
self-love in this sense, right, is actually one of the highest forms of self self-deception that we can engage in. So we gorge ourselves on the biblical truth of our human worth, being created in God's image, which is a hundred percent true. Genesis 1 26. Mm-hmm. Go like go read that, cover yourself in it, learn what that actually means to mm. be a reflection of God, um, and why that makes you infinitely valuable and worthy. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But refuse to swallow the other side of the truth, which is that sin, your own sin has robbed you of loveliness, purity, righteousness. Self-love is fundamentally unsatisfactory and lacking because we are somehow expected to ignore that other part, which is like our entire nature as sinners. We have to excuse that away somehow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can't folks, Mm -hmm. you just can't do it. Two, so this is the second major point that is um, a problem mm-hmm. with this concept, this philosophy, this worldly philosophy of self-love. Uh, God doesn't want you to accept your sins. <laughs> mm. um, an, unbi- an unbiblical view of self-love not only leaves you unsatisfied, but it leaves you unsanctified. Okay, mm. You cannot actually dismiss the emotional stirrings and consequences, the convictions of conscious conscience that happen when you encounter your own sin and challenge yourself that you just need to be more self accepting. Right. So you risk misidentifying what is a gracious warning from God, right. That conviction over your own sin as an attack from the devil. Oh, that's just the evil one throwing obstacles in my way. No son, you are enough of your own obstacle. And I'm of the belief that the enemy definitely uses spiritual attack. So I, I you know, it, it, in conjunction to that, I wrote up something in hell sometime in the beginning of this year. And I said, the re- it's about the consequences of sin and the reality of understanding your sin and what it has done. And I said, the reality of the consequences of sin being a part of the young Christian life, <laughs> even after repentance is given, are nothing to despair of. Though pained by them, it behooves the Christian to reflect on what sin has done so that you may be well equipped with great understanding in what grace is doing. Mm. That's how you filter that. I got out. the goose pimples on the back <laughs> of my neck when you were reading that. Uh, because you've, you've, let's just say you've come to Christ. You've know what you've done in the past. God has forgiven you and you're moving forward. Yes. But you can't undo the bridge that you just burned. No. It's still burned. Yes. You can try to Real rebuild it all you want. So, okay. I love that you're saying, I love that you're saying that because yes. this was one of those other like throat punchy little sentences mm-hmm. from our friend, James, the Beavis, mm-hmm. the beaver, Bever. Um, <laughs> when we do this, when we dismiss conviction as simply a barrier to self-acceptance and self-love and we automatically like define it as a trope of like, this is an attack from Satan. We actually are forgetting the crucial difference between Christ's invitation to come as you are Mm. and the unbiblical invitation to stay Mm. as you are. When Christ calls us, he genuinely loves and embraces us, having fulfilled all conditions himself, himself in himself for our full acceptance. But in the same act, he calls us to hate our old nature and lay it aside. This is uh, Ephesians 4.22 Mm. is uh, cited here. Yeah, so Ephesians 4.22 in context, let's, let's read it. Um, starting with verse 22, you were taught with regard to your for, uh, former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And that is a loaded, oh, boom, loaded. Boom, boom. Okay. I, and I feel like so like the next part of the sentence that uh, our friend James points out is to strive for renewal and he cites Romans 12 too, but we could easily just again cite Ephesians 4 22 as um, scripture that supports that we are to hate our old nature mm. we are to strive right to be different to be renewed in Christ to be denying ourselves which um, Matthew 16 24 I don't know if you want to read that one too mm-hmm. Nick yes Matthew 16 24 then Jesus told his disciples if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me i mean like i can't 
you know, you know it, what, what Paul is explaining there in Ephesians uh, as well, I mean, if listen, we were supposed to give ourselves to the righteousness and the holiness of Christ. He says, with regard to your former way of life, right? Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. This is the exact parallel uh, uh, teaching of Jesus when he says, deny yourself. Yes. Whatever you were, you are not. Yes. And you are not going to be, which is ever means, again, yeah, right. right? Ever again. So, and then he exhorts you to be renewed by your mind. Yes. He says that in Ephesians and Romans, and we'll read Romans. But uh, he says that, yes, you're going, it's going to be a transformation. Right. And well, why don't you read Romans 12 yeah, too right and, now? And the, and the sovereignty of God will be applied to this. I've seen people on a fast track of, you know, of sanctification, and I've seen people on a very slow track. Yes, and I think it changes for each person individually in your own walk. Like there will be seasons where you feel like you are being very sanctified in all sorts right. of areas, and then other seasons where you like, yeah, nothing's it, going on, and does, I'm struggling with this. It does you know? feel like a snail's, which pain. is why it always says bear each other's burdens, very, yeah, and be gracious to each other. Right. Well, and be grateful for whatever the season is. That you're guess in. what? You can't do that when you're going. Hey, go girl, go girl in the mirror. You guys should really, yeah. really help us get to the point where we can do a like video podcast because you Just would be, see my facial you'd expressions. See Nick right now actually doing the like uh-uh. the like sassy snap. Yeah. <laughs> but Romans 12 two, I mean, it, it says the same thing, right? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The conforming to this world parallels what Paul was saying in Ephesians by your old self. Yes. About the patterns of this world, we're completely antithetical to God, right? We're supposed to divorce ourselves of those. Right. But let God transform you into a new person, right? Mm. That's what it says. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. If anybody's going to, I don't know the will of God for, uh, of my life, you know, yeah. for my life. Actually, you do. Actually, you do. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, 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 he's it, very plain about it. You're right. That right. doesn't mean that you like will know it's, necessarily the specifics and nuance of the thing you're supposed to yeah, do. The action, like, yeah. You know. But he but he is quite clear. You are supposed to renew your mind. You are supposed to focus on Christ's righteousness. You're supposed to do all things for His glory mm-hmm. and to your own self denial mm-hmm. and to the promotion of the love of neighbor. Which is we break it down this way. Uh, Put off your old self. Put on. Don't mimic the world. Put on Christ. Follow Jesus. Yeah. Be transformed by that. Pick up your cross, guys. I guarantee you, you will know how to walk in which way God would allow you or want you to walk. Mm-hmm. And basically, you're free to do as you will. As long as you're, as long doing, as you're it. doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, God does not simply want us to achieve some heightened acceptance of self. He desires our sanctification. Mm. So, and like... That we just literally read multiple scriptures that affirm that, but there, you can go to First Thessalonians mm. four three and and find that there also. So, um, Mr. Beavers, his final point underneath all of this is that the Bible actually recasts love of self. So, mm. what does the Bible actually say about this? So, in Second Timothy Second Timothy three one through five, we read that in the last days people will be quote lovers of self rather mm. than lovers of God. So, is there a way right in which love of self can usurp the rightful place of God in our hearts? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, I, hum, there is one thing human beings have no difficulty doing, and that is self worship. Mm. Esteeming ourselves to the place of God, and, giving ourselves the authority that God has should mm. have in our life, right? Well, I just don't like what the scripture says about this, so I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Or I'm not going to submit to biblical counsel mm. from the elders who love me and are actually charged with taking care of my soul. Mm. I'm going to do what I want. Mm. Folly. Folly, right. folks. That Greek word for self-love here, it, it does mean self-love. But it means a, a selfish, selfish, self-love. yes, selfish, yes. So I think that is such a great place. Just, just because I mean, just in the fact that that word selfish is in there means that you have to actually consider other people, right? As you are considering yourself, right? So we're and we're about like you're you're putting the cart just a little bit yes. before the horse, but we're about to we're jump setting there. it up. And here's the layup and so, slam it. Yes, basketball. Yeah. Um. So temp, any temporary relief we might feel by self love cannot compare in even the slightest degree to the overwhelming relief of true love and acceptance by God. 
right? So the self-acceptance of the children of God is not an act of striving to love ourselves more. Rather, it is coming more and more to see ourselves as God sees us, sinful, guilty, inadequate humans who have been washed clean mm. and declared righteous by faith in Christ, Romans 3, 24. True biblical self-love is acceptance of ourselves as redeemed people. Yeah. Which means your current disposition with yes. a new heart under Christ and it actually, it is all of Christ. Right. Who is he? We are loved and, and accepted, but it is precisely not because we in and of ourselves are worthy, but because Christ mm. in and of himself is worthy. The thing that's been the elephant in the room so far, which is how do we, how do we understand God's commandment of love your neighbor as you love yourself? Like yeah. we actually have explicit mm. directions in several areas of scripture that include little phrases like as you love yourself. Yeah. And what does or that mean? Love of your own soul. Right. Or, exactly. Yeah. Or, um, and, but I think I, I just, this is like the best sentence in this whole article. Mm -hmm. So I really, really want to read it to you. Yep. And it speaks to everything that we've talked about so far. Only when, we accept the reality of redemption. Can we actually find the freedom to look outward? Mm. The world is actually like fated to this never ending yeah. cycle They're of slaves to themselves. Yeah, mm. seeking to find satisfaction and contentment and joy and freedom in themselves. When our gaze is bent inward on ourselves, we fail to love God and cannot hope to love others. So it's really the exact opposite of this like dogma that if you don't love yourself enough, you can't love other people. No, see, see, see no, no, that's no. the trap that yeah, now it, you can't look outward. You're, yes. You're constantly inside of yourself so it's all it's almost that the world's freedom is slavery yes. but that god's slavery is, is freedom. freedom oh man we need to put that on a t-shirt yeah we need to talk to katie reed and get her to put yeah. that on a <laughs> hi, katie. hi katie but it is because you know jesus says you know you're either going to be a slave to sin or righteousness. Yes. So, let, so let's, you will be a slave. I'll, I'll bring up my old anarchist punk rock disposition. You're a slave to something, yo. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you are. You are. Bob Dylan said it. Punk rockers say it. Jesus Christ, said it Christ first. Christ says it. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that Bob Dylan and punk rockers can like draw from that is because it's, it's actually true. Because a man 2,000 years ago uh, gave everybody wisdom. Yes. Yes, you are a slave to something. Sin or righteousness. Right. And the world promises you freedom. Remember, pursuit of pleasure, right? right? Lovers of self, pursuit of pleasure, all right. that stuff. And it's slavery. You cannot look outward anymore. And when you try, you have to take a step back and go, okay, am I loving myself first? Right. And Ugh. that person that needs your help, that can't wait for you to get the epiphany. Right. Now is going to suffer because oh, you... I cannot think of a more selfish thing. I can't. So like if what you are arguing is that if all you do all day long is spend your time, your inner dialogue, like beating yourself up, mm. I am still going to argue that that is self-worship. Mm. Knock it off. So what do you tell to people that go? You just need to forgive yourself. No, oh, no, you don't. You need Christ to forgive yes. you. Yes, <laughs> you're. You can. You're not just. And what how, are you going to penalize what yourself power for? And authority? Do you have to forgive yourself? Yeah. you don't. I hear. I hear it all the time. That's that is such a trope in psychology. So one of the, the things that I, uh, you know, obviously in my endeavors in helping addicts, I was I came out of a movie theater, and I went by myself. I went and saw Stillwater with Matt Damon. Pretty good movie. And I, I'm walking back to my car. It's late at night. It's like Guys, we need to get Nick a wife. He needs yeah. to stop going to movies alone. <laughs> we need a date for Nick. I like movie. movies so much and I can't wait for them to come out on DVD. Um, you know but, people don't do that anymore either. No. Yeah, DVD. They just... They just oh, <laughs> you said DVD? I could have said video. <laughs> you video could have. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, How old are you? I was once on the phone with Blockbuster Video. That's yeah. how old I am. I need to get it on my uh, CD... Uh, a jog proof <laughs> portable <laughs> CD player. Um, no, it, but it was about 1230 at night. I'm walking out there. Right. Um, and I see a homeless man actually in one of like the corridors of the, uh, of the shops that were there. It was shut down and it was abandoned. So he was kind of sleeping there. And um, I just, I, I had some food with me and um, I set the food down, you know, by him. He was sleeping. I didn't want to wake him up. I just sure. gave him the food. But as soon as I sat it down, he woke up. Sure. And he's like, oh, are you a cop? You know what I mean? Oh. No, I'm not. But I start talking to him. I'm sure. preaching the gospel. I don't mind, you know, and, and he starts crying, you know what I mean? And he's having a rough go of it. And, and he just said, 
you know, I need to learn to forgive myself. Ugh. And I said, you know, you actually, I, brother, I was like, I, I hear that a lot, a lot. I go, what are uh, what could you do for you right now? <laughs> uh, right now, that's going to fix anything. Yeah. Or that like even qual- like even even if it's only like an abstract action, yeah. like what qualifies you? As, I go as the one capable of that. I go. The reason why I don't like self-forgiveness is because I think that Christ's forgiveness is more sufficient than what I could do. Right. And he speaks from objective authority. Mm. I go, let's not forgive yourself. Let's have Christ forgive you. Brilliant. And I'm guarantee you, if you so, believe him, that's more so that you can do for yourself. And then and, you dropped your microphone and you were like, Liz Lemon out. Well, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> that motivated him to get his butt up and, and he went to rehab. Oh, wow. And he's not on the streets anymore. Whoa. Hallelujah. Brother. And I've never seen him since. Yeah. Hopefully it stuck. And when he heard that, he goes. Yeah. Sometimes- it's so exhausting being with me yeah, that time. I need something outside of myself. Oh my gosh, myself. how many of you guys can relate to that? <laughs> it's so tiring. It's so tiring. And it's it, fatiguing. And hey, even inside Christ, I experience it. I'm like, I yeah. just, if I had a different brain. Brain. Like how exhausting <laughs> and fatiguing and futile it is to make yourself the object of your own worship, to make yourself hey, responsible for you, you what f- only Christ can do. You know, uh, one of my problems in sin, I used to say this, and I'm like, you know what my problem is? Everything is still here, including me. Yeah, amen, brother. Wherever I go, there I am. And then Christ actually agreed with me. Yeah. He took away everything and my heart and gave me a new one. <laughs> right, a new one. Mm-hmm. And, well, now I'm tearing up. But it's so profound what we say in our angst that it's yeah. so true. And Christ goes, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're I right. have the remedy. Yeah, actually, what you're seeing as awful really is awful. Yeah. But come here. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yes, it is awful. You're being awful. You are awful. Yeah. And you need to repent. And we're and not going to receive gonna, grace. We're not going to have you stay that way. Nope. I'm going to transform you. I'm right. going to love you. It's come as you are, not stay as you are. I love that so much. Christ's love is better than self love. Oh, man. This is a different article. And this is actually um, a response that Piper gave back in. I think it was 2015, maybe, to like. To speak to like this, the commandment to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. Mm. So Jesus said that this is the second greatest commandment after love God, right? With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's in Matthew 22, 37. Mm. And then both Jesus and Paul said that that was the like fulfillment of the whole law in Matthew 22, 40, and then Romans 13, 8. So Mm. if you guys want to go actually read that scripture, please, please do. Um, So we notice first that it is not a command to love ourselves. It is a command to love others as we love ourselves, Mm. right? So it's assumed, right? Right. Right. So the love of ourselves in that command is an assumption. Mm. Boom, Nick. Mm. But not imperative. Mm. Okay. So Jesus assumes that we all love ourselves. And on the basis of this assumption, he can make our inborn self-love the criterion, the Mm. measure of how we treat other people. Mm. Okay. We should ask, well, in what sense do we all love ourselves? Of course, the answer is not we all feel good about ourselves. Nobody feels good about themselves all the time. Okay. Mm. He is referring to the fact that all of us have an inborn instinct or reflex to seek our own happiness and to avoid harm. In other words, our self-love that Jesus assumes is the commandment in this commandment, Mm -hmm. excuse me, is our desire for happiness and our desire to minimize our unhappiness. Okay. And to to respect, uh, um, you know, uh, life. Right. Meaning that's a, that's a, a a thing in us that allows us to persevere and to not run through the red light. Right. 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 So, and that's so funny because he goes on to talk a little bit about suicide. We're not going to go there Mm -hmm. this episode, but when Jesus commands us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, he is not at all saying that we should work up some kind of approval of our hair or our complexion or our abilities or our goodness. He is saying that we should make the measure of our own desire desire for Mm. happiness of our own desire to minimize our misery Mm. 
the measure, the same measure of our desire for Mm. other people's happiness. Mm. We should want their happiness the way we want our own happiness. Mm. We should want their good and their success the way we want our own good and our own success. We should want them to avoid harm and suffering the way we would like to avoid harm and suffering. This is, as you can feel, and I'm quoting directly here, extremely radical, devastatingly radical. It severs the root of all selfishness deeply and profoundly. You cannot be self-exalting while seeking another person's happiness as much as your own. Right. And we can you see, simply can't. We can see the harm that that does when you do too as well. So like, man, you, you ever, you ever been excited to tell somebody, you know, you got the promotion to the job or whatever, you know, you, you received this thing, you worked hard and you wanted to share, you know, your joy with somebody like, Hey, I got this, you know what I mean? And them not actually respond the way you want. They go, yeah, but I did this. Sure. They, they They try to one up. you. They steal your glory. Because you pricked (laughs) some kind of insecurity to where that now they they can't be happy for Mm -hmm. you kind of thing. That's what self-love does. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the worldly philosophy of self-love. Yes. So love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. It actually seeks your neighbor's happiness and well-being the same way that you seek your own. And it doesn't covet. Right. It doesn't become jealous or hateful, envious of what your neighbor has. Right. Yeah. It actually completely eliminates that even it as a possibility. Not boast, it does not get jealous. Oh, it is long suffering. The, the Corinthians. Is, right. I mean, we, we, we say this all the time at, at, at weddings, weddings and. Love is patient. Yes. He's actually talking about the gifts of the spirit in there. But I mean, it applies. Yes. You know, like if I have not yet, you know, I have the, if I don't have love, if I'm yes. void of that. I'm right. a, I'm a, I'm, I'm annoying. Right. <laughs> well, a clanging gong. I'm just there. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's yes. it. And. Again, the Bible obviously is talking about self-love in this context. But yes, we are sinful. What do we do? What What is hatred of self then? Mm-hmm. And because we can't follow the law of God with a hatred of self, right? Like mm-hmm. that's pride. It needs to be repented of. Right. Not capitulated to self-love. Right. Not enabled or like turned into, right. minimized or disguised as something else. This is now turning into knowledge-based. Right. And I guess we go into uh, what the proverb says yes. because now we're talking about wisdom. Perfect. And I've mentioned this proverb all over the place in tons of episodes. Yes. <laughs> Almost ad nauseum, but it's the word of God. So but here it comes again. <laughs> Proverbs 19.8. Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. Loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. Mm. That word sense is lab in there. It actually means heart's intention. Lab. And it's through, I don't know, it's like blah, I don't have enough <laughs> phlegm to say the Hebrew word. Lab. But, uh, but it's transliteration. It's like lab. It's one's intentions. I mean, one who actually gains understanding, wisdom, righteousness, which the Proverbs are full that it gives life, that it preserves life. Heck, it's in the Ten Commandments. Listen to your parents who give you wisdom. And you live long in the land, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, all of that stuff. Wisdom preserves life. Mm-hmm. One thing that the Bible says that if you truly do love yourself, it's through wisdom. And remember, the beginning of wisdom is it's the fear, fear of the, the Lord. Lord. And he gives you a law. And he says not to sin. And he says, love your neighbor. <laughs> and he says, oh. As yourself. Right. And so all of that, if you want to love yourself, follow God's law, right. which is love God and love neighbor. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> I like, and I feel like, I think... So what's our, what is our like cliff note summary of all of what we said? Okay. And I repent, actually, right. Repent and believe the gospel. Um, we actually, as human beings have no problem at all loving ourselves. It mm. is in fact at the core of our problem as sinful, even when you hate yourself, right? Even when we are constantly self-loathing, we are still the object of our thoughts, guys, mm-hmm. stealing the spotlight away yeah. from Christ and away from that command Pride. to love neighbor. Okay. Yeah. Um, when we think thoughts, like I don't have what it takes to be this or to do that, or I'm not doing it as well as I'm they so are convicted right now. Robin. It is, it is, <laughs> you know it, how self-deprecating I can be saying it. So well, please don't hear us saying that we do this perfectly in any sense. Oh no, we I have to not. expose myself right now. Right. Yeah. And so, like, but even in those long, like self-deprecating monologues, we mm. are still the principal player. Mm. 
We are still looking to self for satisfaction. How, how many and times has that put you in bed or just like, you know what? I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. So don't, don't do that. The last thing that any of us need is to find another reason to be more self-focused things. Like I just need some time away to, for myself, right? Like I need to focus more on taking care of myself. Like mm. I just need a vacation. Yeah. Doing this a weekend. mental health day. Okay. As Christians, we must refuse to participate in the cult of self-love. Yeah. I just love that. Like we, you know, I'm look in my eyes. <laughs> what do you see? A cult of personality. <laughs> right. We cannot as Christians submit to the temptation of worshiping, worshiping self, worshiping ourselves. We become less and less like Christ. Mm. The more that we do that, the right. more that we worship ourselves, And that is even in self-deprecation. Mm. Okay. So this is how James Beeve, James the Beavis, uh, our author from our guest author from desiring God ends his article. And I just like, man, it's like one of those. So mm. I'm going to just read it. Okay. Do you love yourself enough? Do you love yourself enough to stop denying that your sins, your faults, your inadequacies are as real as your virtues? Mm. Do you love yourself enough to stop scraping together self-worth from broken, sinful pieces of self and instead to embrace the free gift of the Father's love for Christ's sake? If the world really cared about helping us love ourselves, it would simply preach the gospel. Mm. Only the good news of Christ offers true hope. The message of the gospel is a message of freedom from efforts to love our broken selves mm. by providing a worth that comes from outside of our brokenness, mm. a worth that comes from Christ. Do you Do love you yourself enough to accept that, to accept that? Do you love yourself enough to put others before you? Guys, this is a heavy topic. Um, we appreciate you guys have been with us for more than an hour now, like trudging through it. And we really hope that it was helpful. Um, and if this hit you wrong, let it, mm. let it hit you wrong. Let it like actually stir you yeah. in good conscience to evaluate what it is that you are doing, how you are minimizing or justifying things that you might not. Cause if should. this, if this did hit you and you're still breathing after this, means that there's grace to be had. Oh, guys. And you're, um, you're breathing. Bring it to Christ. Bring it to him who can satisfy you with his love more than your own. You will not satisfy yourself. So, um, and I think like this is, this is a great time, you know, like there will be suffering in this world. But take heart. He has overcome the world. Love you guys.